Welcome to Food is Not a Four-Letter Word, the podcast where you ditch the diet drama, banish body shame, and reclaim your life, all while creating a body you love. When it comes to body drama, your host, Carmela Romalia, has been there, done that, has the t-shirt, and wrote the books. And now, here's Carmela. Hello, hello, my friends. It's me, Carmela, from Happy Calories Don't Count. This is episode number 20 of the Food is Not a Four-Letter Word podcast. And let's start this show with our three deep breaths, shall we? Take a deep breath in. And exhale. Yes, please play along. I know you want to. Deep breath in. And exhale. This last one all the way down to your toes. Fill your whole body. Deep breath in. And exhale. Yes, I definitely feel better. (laughs) And I hope you do too. So I start these shows with the three deep breaths. uh, One, to model for you how quickly and easy it is for you to take a beat and take a breath and transform your life. Because in just that split second, you've given yourself some space and some grace to connect to your body which is oh so critical, and to connect to your deepest center and to your source so that regardless of what is going on in the moment, you have just that split second where you can claim your personal power and then move forward in the next moment in time from a place of purpose rather than a place of reaction. And oh my goodness, today, I needed those three deep breaths. In fact, I probably needed about 18 deep breaths because in all honesty, this is like take six of this podcast. Everything has gone wrong. Um, This whole weekend, things have gone wrong. Uh, Yesterday, um, so today is, what is today? Today's Monday. Yes, Monday the 27th. And on Christmas, it started snowing here in the Pacific in the Pacific Northwest, and it's beautiful. And we got this huge snowstorm, and so I'm snowed in. So I thought, hey, I'll do a bunch of video. I'll shoot a bunch of podcasts. This is going to be awesome. And I spent nine hours shooting video yesterday, and the audio was just all messed up. Like there was buzzing and humming and nothing was working. And then the same thing was happening here with the show. So I don't know if it's the weather, um, if, if the equipment's just getting too cold or what, but I was in quite a tizzy before this, before these three deep breaths or actually these 16 or 18 (laughs) deep breaths that I just took. So it literally has the power to transform your state of being. And that is your ultimate place of power. You have power over your state of being. Now, you don't have control over the world. 
and you don't have control over the universe or what the universe brings you. And I would even argue that you you aren't even in control of your feelings or how you react in the moment. You know, like if you touch a hot stove, you're going to pull away, you know, because like, ouch, the stove is hot. Um, so you don't have control over those types of things. But you do have the power once you recognize something is going on, once once you once your fight or flight has has subsided, you do have that personal power of claiming your center, claiming your source, taking a beat, taking a breath, and then reconciling your thoughts, your feelings, your beliefs, your actions, taking in all the information you can with your spidey senses, um, checking out the situation from different perspectives so that you have the most information available so that you can move forward um, from a place of authentic congruency and your highest self. And when you live from that place, um, not only are you creating the best life you can for yourself and your loved ones, but, you know, that body thing that's been bugging you, uh, that just disappears oh so quickly and easily. So this is the week, isn't it? It's the week between Christmas and New Year's. And so people are talking about their resolutions and people are talking about their goals. And I have a lot to say about that. (laughs) And this is also the time of year uh, where your Facebook feed and your Instagram feed and all of those little uh, advertisements on your YouTube videos or whatever whatever it is that you're engaging with in terms of media content, uh, all of those marketing messages are going to be around health and fitness and weight loss during this week. It is it's the high season for that kind of stuff. So I got my list in front of me and I'm wondering where I actually want to start with all of this because you know given that this is the what, sixth or seventh take because of all the audio issues I've been having. I've I've been workshopping this podcast inadvertently. And and I've started each one a little differently. And and now I'm wondering, hmm, I think I'm just gonna start with what I initially think of this time of year. So this time of year, it's New Year's. And so people like to think about these ideas of New Year's resolutions. And while I think it is completely appropriate to have a time where you reflect. You reflect on your life. You reflect on your dreams and your desires. You reflect on on yourself. And are there things that you would like to change? Are there things that you would like to create? Um, learning from the past, what can you be grateful for in terms of what things came to you and what things worked and then what things didn't work out so well so you can be grateful for those lessons because you learned so much and you grew as a person and all of that stuff is wonderful and that can be done any time of year not just this particular week and that can be done in any moment of any day Um, so one of the things that I have about New Year's is that it puts a lot of weight pun intended, uh, on the resolution. Um, and, and it makes it about this day. And yes, it's the idea of starting crisp and clean and all of that stuff. And it that just that underlying psychology and that mindset uh, primes you for some dismunction 
because it makes it about something other than your continuous innate ability to reclaim the quote-unquote new year in any moment of any day. So right now, you don't even have to wait till New Year's. You can do it right now. You can start feeling great in your body and about your body right now. And that, my friends, does not mean go on a diet or exercise program. I'll get to that a little later in the program. Um, But this idea of the New Year and New Year's resolutions, and I don't know about you, but um, the... The new year, the holidays, all of the stuff, it's kind of an anniversary because it comes around, you know, every year. And so it can be a source of pain for people who struggle, you know, with chronic conditions like an eating disorder or just general anxiety and drama around your body and your weight or, you know, actually wanting to improve your health in some way. And it's, oh, I failed again. Or, oh, it's that monkey on my back. Oh, that that thing. This year, this year, I'm really going to do it. This year, I'm really going to figure it out. And so it can cause a little bit of anxiety. So I wanted to acknowledge that. Uh, And I had heard, I don't really remember where. So I, I did not create this. So please don't, you know, like, give me the credit for it. But I honestly, I don't know who to credit for this. Um, I had heard somewhere that resolution, you know, this idea of New Year's resolution, it's resolve. It breaks down into resolve and resolve. And so on a psychological level, you're solving the same problem over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, And so those weight loss resolutions, fitness and weight loss top the list of resolutions year after year after year after year after year. And if the diet and exercise model worked, why would weight loss and fitness be at the top of the list every single year? So inherently, you kind of already understand that the diet and exercise model doesn't really work. The problem is that, you know, we live in this culture where that is the one note that everybody plays. And so you kind of get brainwashed into believing that that is the answer. And no one really gives you an alternative answer that you can really sink your teeth into. Yes, pun intended. And um, wrap your head around and really get traction with to create the changes that you'd like to see in your life. And so what happens this time of year, whether it's in your Facebook feed or your Instagram feed or whatever media it is that you're going to want to that you're looking at, you're going to see all these ads and and I just sit back and I I look at them with amusement because it's either laugh or cry, right? I mean, there's nothing left for me to do. So I, I'm, I'm just watching them and I'm watching what the marketing message is and I'm watching what the ad is. And it runs the gamut from being some sort of app that's going to, you know, help you um, with your food. It's, got, it's, it's the no diet diet or the no diet weight loss program thingy um, where it's a community of support and, you know, you're going to track your food, but it's not really a diet. Um, and they're going to make sure that you really only want to use uh, good food. And it's a psychological based program, you know, so that somehow they're going to use psychological tricks on you so that you're going to be okay with being on a diet, (laughs) you know, and maybe that's that's their point, Um, to generic just like fitness calorie tracker apps. And then you've got the 
the fitness things that are the community fitness fitness programs or again an app or some data-driven analysis type of thing where you're going to type in all of your your um, vital statistics and so it's going to kick out an exercise program that's custom tailored just for you uh, or the, I even saw a uh, an ad that said, hey, you know, use this program because a doctor is better than a bot. Um, And the thing is, is that at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter which program you pick. They are all ultimately going to fail because as far as I could tell, based on a cursory analysis of all of these programs, it didn't matter which one you chose. Every single program was fundamentally based in the diet and exercise model for weight loss and well-being. And that's why they ultimately fail. So before I get into that, I want to talk about the three deep breaths that we took in the beginning and how I was talking about how you could just take a beat and take a breath and literally change your life. Now, that's probably not the first time you've heard something like that. You know, personal growth, spiritual development, um, meditation, breath work, all of those things. If you have struggled with weight and body drama long enough, um, whether it has just been uh, mild chronic anxiety, you know, not enough to really disrupt your life, but just enough to make you just kind of chronically anxious and stressed out um, about your body and your weight and food and all that stuff, or whether it's been a full-blown eating disorder, at some point, if you've dealt with this long enough, enough, you've likely wandered down the path of personal growth and personal development. And those skills, they, they teach you things like take deep breaths and, and work on your communication and, and looking at problems from different perspectives and, and taking ownership of where are you responsible for the situation and, and things like that. And what happens when it comes specifically to your body and your weight, the reason you're still stuck is because all of that stuff comes from within the context of the the diet and exercise model. So happy calories don't count. Me, my message, the the slogan, the brand, um, and the podcast is called Food is Not a Four-Letter Word, as is the title of my second book. The title of my first book is Happy Calories Don't Count. But all of this is a fundamentally different paradigm for weight loss and well-being. And so those of you who know me and love me well know that I have struggled mightily um, with my own body and my weight. I was hospitalized for anorexia at 17. Uh, By the time I was in treatment, I was 80 pounds. Uh, By the time I was in treatment, uh, by the time, ah, I can speak. Yes, I can. By the time I was in 25, by the time I was 25, I was in treatment. There you have it. Um, four more times. See, I told you it's traumatic. Uh, my story is traumatic. Uh, and I was suicidal in 200 pounds by the time I was 30. And I couldn't kill myself. Um, I, I couldn't do that to my mother. And I couldn't keep living the way that I had been living. I had, I just, I just couldn't do it anymore. I, I couldn't not live, but I couldn't live like that. So I, I, unbeknownst to me, I'd made this radical shift, like for the first time in my life, uh, because I had no other alternative, I stopped looking at food in terms of how it would affect my weight. 
you know, I was fat. There was nothing you could do about it. You couldn't hurt me anymore. I stopped looking at exercise in terms of how it would affect my body. You know, it didn't really matter how much I was at the gym. I wasn't losing any weight. It just, it didn't matter. I was literally broken. And in that, I created that space and that grace that I'm talking about. And in that, I was able to cultivate a relationship with my body, unbeknownst to me. I was able to hear my body and and just follow the wisdom and guidance of my body. And there's this whole thing about intuitive eating out there that I think people use as a soundbite because it's so much deeper than just listen to your body because you can't listen to your body from within the context of that diet and exercise model. And so what I'm getting at here is that it doesn't matter what fitness approach or weight loss approach or diet approach you're you're seeing out there in the world right now this week in particular. It doesn't matter how much personal development, spiritual growth, whatever you've gone through to heal these issues. At the end of the day, everything is fundamentally, everything out there is fundamentally based within that diet and exercise model, even those intuitive eating types of things. Um, Because I've, I've seen intuitive eating people like come up with hunger scales to teach you how to know if you're really hungry, to teach you how to know if you can trust your body or not, and all of that stuff. That's still within the fundamental concept of that diet and exercise model. And that's the thing that will keep you stuck. So let's chat about that for a second. When I'm talking about the diet and exercise model, I'm talking about the idea that your body, your shape, your size, your health, your well-being is a direct result of what you eat and what you do for exercise. And it's that that notion out there that if you eat more or you eat the wrong food, you know, whatever it is, you're going to gain weight. And if you eat less and you eat the right food, whatever that is, you're going to lose weight. And if you exercise more, you're going to lose weight. And if you exercise less, you're going to you're going to gain weight. Now, there's that simplistic notion of the caloric balance sheet. You know, we're all trying to manage that. But even if you have been around the block enough and you've figured out that, hey, it's not just about calories, calories are passe, it's all this other stuff, there are still all of these assumptions, these underlying psychological assumptions and drivers of behavior and of attitude and of spirit and of of general well-being that come out of that diet and exercise model. Um, I spoke with Erin uh, Keem on her podcast a couple of weeks ago, and she was kind enough to read Food is Not a Four-Letter Word, and she had mentioned that after reading that, she had not realized that every time she you know, looked at food, what she was unconsciously thinking was calories or food uh, of um, whether it was good or bad or judging it. And so when I'm speaking about the diet and exercise model, I'm not just speaking about the calories in exercise out kind of idea. I'm also speaking to all of the dysfunctions that go along out of that mindset. And some of those dysfunctions go into the personal development space. So the idea 
idea is that you're trying to heal your mommy issues and your daddy issues and your intimacy issues and your self-worth issues and all of those other issues so that then you won't want to seek comfort in food. Then you'll be able to stay on your diet. And so the crux of all of your pain and shame and drama around your body and your weight is that core diet and exercise model that is just a default assumption of this culture that gets reinforced over and over and over and over again. And so it doesn't matter year after year after year after year after year. As long as you are coming at things from that perspective, you're going to stay stuck. And as long as you try the new diet or the new exercise program or the new app or the new whatever it is, if it's coming from within the context of the diet and exercise program, you're going to stay stuck. Now, Another thing about all of those ads that I noticed were they were all going to show you how you were going to achieve success this year. This year was finally going to be your year. You were going to claim 2022 because you were going to get support doing it. Now, I offer support. You know, everyone offers support. It's not the idea of, of, of support versus not support. The, the underlying question I have is, why do you need support? Like, what, what, is it, what is it about changing your body and your life that you think you need support? So if we're just thinking in terms of diet, you know, we'll take that one first. There's, there's this underlying idea that dieting is hard. That, that dieting makes you eat food you don't want to eat or dieting makes you, you know, think about meal prep and having to go to all these places to get the organic food or whatever it is, or that dieting means deprivation and that you're going to be hungry on this thing. So all of, all of that stuff is hard, you know. Well, darn tootin' it's hard. Dieting is disrespectful to your body because dieting assumes that some external authority knows better than your body for how to create the results that it wants. So what those programs are offering you support to do is they're offering support to help you disconnect from your body and override your body's natural instincts because that diet and exercise model teaches you that you can't trust your body. That diet and exercise model demands that you disconnect from your body in order to quote unquote be successful. And you cannot disconnect from your body. Your body is your partner in this relationship called life. And that's why you get all of the anxiety. That's why you have all of the stress. That's why it works for a little bit, but then it doesn't work for a little bit because your body, if you are at war with your body, your body is going to win. Ultimately, you are not going to win. Your body is going to win. So the best thing for you to do is to learn how to partner with your body, to cultivate a relationship with your body. And that's what Happy Calories Don't Count is about. It's a relationship-based model. But let's get back to those, those ads again. So, so they're going to support you with your diets. Well, then let's look at the exercise programs. The exercise programs are going to be these fitness trainers. And they're going to, why? Why do you need this? Now, I'm also a Pilates instructor. And in full disclosure, I have my own Pilates sessions. And I see other trainers for myself. But exercise is not about burning calories or losing weight. If it were about burning calories or losing weight, it would have worked by now. Exercise is about cultivating a relationship with your body. And so through Pilates, I 
cultivate a relationship with my body. And this is not this is not a commercial for Pilates, by the way. There's a ton of stuff out there that is fake Pilates. And if you are interested in Pilates, uh, you really have to do your homework and make sure that you're getting real Pilates, not fake Pilates. Um, but the reason that I see other trainers and that I do this, it's not about burning calories or losing weight. It's about having an outside eye, you know, work with me to check my alignment and check my balance and and have somebody else see my blind spots that I can't see for myself. Exercise is about cultivating a relationship with your body. And so there's there's a need for the fitness industry. There's a need for personal trainers. But everybody's always marketing it and trying to say it's, oh, well, we're going to help you burn calories and lose weight and get in shape. That is that is just more diet drama land thinking. That is part of the problem. It keeps you stuck in this dysfunctional mindset of diet and exercise. So food, yes, it's very important. What you eat is important. It's important because food is an expression of the relationship with you you have with your body. And what happens is that because people are trying to help you be successful on a diet, they're going to change it. They're going to say, oh, well, think about food as nourishment for your body or think about food as fuel for your body or whatever. But that hasn't changed the underlying idea that you have to pay a price to eat. And the price is exercise or weight gain. That's what that diet and exercise model teaches you. It teaches you that you only get so many calories to eat a day. And if you eat over that allotment of calories that you're allowed, you're either going to gain weight or you can not gain the weight if you pay the price of exercise. So all of the marketing and all of the dysfunctions coming out of that core idea. So food is definitely important. Whether it's an apple or a Twinkie, it doesn't matter because it's not about the food. It's about your body. And so you can learn to trust your body which you can do once you've let go of that diet and exercise model, and then relax and follow your body's guidance. And sometimes it will want an apple. Sometimes it will want a salad. Sometimes it might want pasta. Sometimes it might want a cookie. And as you work to trust your body, you will start to listen and hear its messages more um, in a more concrete way that you can be more sure of yourself. So what happens is as you're transitioning, you've got that diet and exercise model stuck in your head, and so you have an impulse to eat something, and then you filter everything through that lens. Is it good food? Is it bad food or whatever? And that's static in the signal. It keeps you from trusting your body, which is why intuitive eating, just that sound bite, is really ineffective. It's insufficient. It doesn't quite cut it. It's a lot deeper than that. And there is a place for exercise. Exercise is very important. Your body needs to move every day. Does Those of you that have dogs, does your dog care what size it is? Like, no, that's ridiculous. But it needs to go for a walk every day because it's a physical being living in a physical world just like we are. So exercise is definitely part of the equation, but how they market it, how they try to get you to do it, it's, you know, we're going to burn the calories, we're going to get you in shape because all of that stuff's hard. That's why you need that support. Now, the support that I offer is to help you stay out of the diet and exercise model. That's what's really hard. It's like trying to pull you out of the matrix. Um, so when you come from the context of developing a relationship with your body, the, the food piece and the exercise piece, 
isn't hard at all. The exercise is is like a relationship. It's like a date with your body. It's where you get to learn how to be connected with your body. It's where you learn what it feels like to be in your body through physical movement. What does it feel like when you work a muscle and stretch a muscle? What does it feel like when your heart rate goes up and comes down? All of those kinds of things. And how exercise is what teaches you how to become embodied. Just like those three deep breaths, Exercise is another tool that teaches you how to become embodied. And once you are embodied, you know what to eat, how much to eat, and when. You don't need the support of an app or a fitness tracker or whatever or any of those other things that are trying to disconnect you from your body. That's the hard thing. That's the dysfunction. Disconnecting from your body is is the thing that creates all of the problems. You're disconnected from your body because the diet and exercise model teaches you that you can't trust your body. And so happy calories don't count is a relationship relationship-based model. It's it's not a transaction-based. It's not calories are a currency of exchanging. You have to pay a price to eat. That's the diet and exercise model. Happy calories don't count from within the context of that phrase. It doesn't count. That means we're not thinking in terms of transactions. And that happy calories thing, it means that, hey, we're having peace and freedom and ease and joy. We're happy in this relationship-based model with food, exercise, our bodies, and our Ourselves. And so when you can connect with your body, then you can move forward from a place of your authentic highest self. And all of those actions that you make are things that are congruent with yourself. So there's no reason to fight it. There's no reason that you that you need to have that support to disconnect you, disconnect you from your body because that's what you're actually trying to do is to connect with your body and then follow its wisdom and its guidance. Your body is miraculous. Every cell in your body has an innate intelligence of its own. And you have all of these systems and things working on your behalf that you don't even know about. Like you cut your you cut your finger in the kitchen with a knife and automatically your body starts to heal itself. Your body is miraculous. It can even create and sustain life itself. And you don't think it knows how to optimize its state of health, vitality, well-being, beauty, and joy? Of course it does. And it's communicating that information to you all the time. The problem is that we just don't listen to it. We get distracted by the diet and exercise model and all of the apps and all of the groups and all of the all of the things that are trying to teach us and support us in overriding our body's natural instincts. So that's the thing that you really need to change this year. We don't need to resolve a problem. We don't need to keep doing the diet and exercise model over and over and over and over again to create the true healing, to create the true peace, to create the transformation of a lifetime, to be able to create a body and a life you love. You need to start to recognize the diet and exercise model wherever you see it, which is everywhere. Disconnect from it and connect with your body and follow its guidance. And that, my friends, is how you create a body and a life you love in 2022 and beyond. I hope you have a super happy new year, and I will see you soon. Bye. 
If you enjoyed this program, help it out. Give it a like, subscribe, follow, share. You know the drill. If you want to learn more about me, my books, programs, and services, visit my website, carmelaramalia.com. And don't worry, if you can't spell my name, you can also always find me at happycalories.com. Take care. <laughs>